people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. It's Sharanda leading by three parts of a length to Mashani Patriot. Sneaking up on the outside was Eleanor Walking and then on the inside was Regal Reese. They have the tone turned in their sights. They're swinging now. They're four abreast just about. And still on the inside, Sharanda shows away from Mashani Patriot. Eleanor Walking's coming down the outside. Regal Reese isn't doing a great deal at the moment, but Sharanda, he's full of running when they come down inside the 200 metres. He leads on the outside. Eleanor Walking's making a bit of a race of it. Sharanda's in front. Eleanor Walking's starting to close now. It's Sharanda. Eleanor Walking coming at it, but Sharanda wins. He beats Ellera walking third Mashani Patriot and a long last was Regal Reese. That was Sharanda taking out the Regal's Dental Open at Yupoon on Saturday as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news from what was a massive weekend of Anzac Day racing right across Saturday, Sunday and Monday. We had meetings of plenty to talk about, lots of uh, winning doubles and feature race wins and wonderful to see so many race clubs paying tribute to the Anzacs across this uh, very special weekend. Lots of news to get through and special guests on the show this morning are plenty and as always helping us out on Bushbeat, Rob Luck is here. Morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. And as you said, some fantastic racing with those Anzac Day ceremonies across the board. So important to uh, recognise our uh, our our uh, troops and diggers and uh, it was a great job by all clubs across the board on the weekend and uh, we heard then of course the win by Sharanda now it was only a small field Tony that one at uh, Yapoon but Sharanda's a Townsville Cup winner so I'm sure John Manselman is very uh, keen to have him back in that winning form as we start to approach that busy time of the year with things like Battle of the Bush Heat starting next week and uh, Outback Series uh, occurring out in our area and uh, that's going to be, uh, it's really going to hot up the racing in coming weeks. But this morning, Tony McMahon joins us again to go through that Yapoon program. And I was just saying, Tony, as I welcome you back to Bushbeat, uh, Sharanda, our next Townsville Cup winner. Good to see him back in form. Yes, good morning, uh, Tony. Good morning, uh, Rob. And good morning to all your listeners. Yes, Sharanda was a good win, good fighting win. Because we, as we know, uh, Sharanda is a gelding that's more suited to middle distance racing. But he's coming back to form. He was one of two winners for Ashley Butler on the day. And uh, I must say that the Yapoon Turf Club, they had a wonderful meeting. It was the first time since uh, November 2019 that crowds were allowed back on course at uh, Yapoon at Keppel Park, which is a very picturesque race course, one of the most picturesque in Australia as far as I'm concerned. And uh, the crowd didn't let them down. They turned out that they were capped at 1,200, and I would imagine it would, would have been pretty close to that mark. Robert, just for a moment, these people down at Yapoon, like you people and all the uh, volunteers and uh, people in country racing, do a magnificent job. Now, they are struggling. They've only got a very small committee. And I know they won't mind me saying they are looking for more volunteers and helpers down there to maintain this magnificent racetrack. And they don't want show ponies. They want people, as you know, in your committees out of long as you'll, you know, get out, roll up their sleeves and do some hard work. So if anyone's listening, some retirees, you want something to do, Please get involved with uh, the Yapoon Surf Club. Paul Hulahan's the uh, very progressive uh, chairman there now. And uh, the lady, Mary Hornery, excuse me, the secretary, does a tremendous job with uh, the likes of uh, Sharon Coyne and Rob Barker, another tireless worker, Greg Simpson. And I, I don't know all the committee, but they're the ones that I do know that never stop working. So I've said my spiel, but let's get down to Yapoon last uh, Saturday. Magnetic Drive won the first race. This was the cutest tier on it. This is a very smart horse, listeners. Mark it down. It's going to win plenty of races. It's a horse by uh, Top Echelon having its first start for Pitt and Taylor. And it absolutely brained and won very, very easily by three and a half lengths. 
written by Montana Philpot, Rob, and she's got a huge future. And what I like about Montana, she's only been riding for a couple of months. She's written six, maybe seven, eight winners. But uh, she's a rocky girl, of course, the daughter of the late Donna Philpot and Gus Philpot. And it doesn't go to her head like a lot of these apprentice jockeys who just think they're little kings and little queens after a short time. This is a lovely girl. She's going to go a long, long way. So don't be afraid to back up on Tana Philpot. The second race was the uh, Garden of Homes Return Benchmark 60 Handicap. This was won by Isis Jacktail, trained by Glenda Bell, who takes her horses everywhere. Written by Martin Harley, a very hard-working jockey from Mackay. He came down, he rode the two winners at Yapoon, which was fantastic. He won the next race, too, on Chesto's Dream, which was the uh, maiden handicap for Adrian Coon. Now, the very next day, Martin rode at Canamulla. Did a little bit of research. That's ten and a half hours' drive to Canamulla. Mm. He had no success there, but, gee, these boys put in a lot of work. And Montana Philpot rode the next day and rode a winner for uh, at Wandai for Kevin Miller. Now, Kevin Miller, I don't know if you've been aware, very recently sold the Isis Brumby, Magic Millions purchases on behalf of clients in Hong Kong, for $200,000. Now, to won a race oh. at Rockhampton. It had won two races at Gladstone and one race at Nunderberg. It came into the criteria of a 65 rating. They want progressive two- and three-year-olds that haven't had more than about seven starts. I mean, that's a magnificent result. And Kevin Miller, he takes his horses everywhere. He deserves every success. He won an absolute bonzer down there at, uh, at Wandai. Now, the fourth race at Japan was the Class B Handicap. This was tra- won by Zedrick, trained by um, Jared Wheeler, one of two winners for Ashley Butler who also succeeded on Sharanda. He's got a few peers uh, up this way or probably anywhere in Queensland as a front-running rider, Ashley. He rides them all well, but, gee, he, uh, he rode this to perfection. It won by a nose from roughing up one of Zoe Holmes' horses. Zydrick is raced by uh, the Alston family. Now, Bill Alston was a former chairman of the Rockhampton Jockey Club, and uh, they're great people, he and his wife. Um, they've raced horses all over Australia. But what I like about the Austins is they've never forgotten their origins and they race horses. They have a horses trained here in the central Queensland, which is really a wonderful thing. So I was elated when they were successful, die in Bill Austin with Zydrick, trained by J- uh, Jared Willow, who has a very big team of horses in work. Uh, I think I've just about covered it, but I don't know if you mentioned last week, Rob, unfortunately I've had uh, restrictions with time lately, but John Kearney, one of our leading trainers passed away just over a fortnight ago. He was buried last week. He was a prolific trainer of great horses. He trained Bay Poet. He won something like 30 races. Go Gala, Duke of Rutland, stylish time. He won the fellowship in Rockhampton in 1991. And it was sad to see the passing of John Kearney because he's a man who will always be remembered in Rockhampton. I always remember him. He hated green. And uh, my race colours were green. And just about every morning at Callaghan Park, he'd say, when are you going to get rid of those green colours? <laughs> and I'd say, the same time as Bart Cummings gets rid of them, and he's won lots of Melbourne Cups with them. So I have fond memories of, uh, of John Cooney. So I think that just about uh, wraps up what I've got to say. Uh, yep, that's about it, I think, uh, boys. Yeah, well, taking out of that meeting, uh, Tony, as you said, Martin Halley, it's good to see Martin get that double. He's such a hard worker, and he's not the only jockey that went to Cunnamulla. I wonder if Cody Collis jumped in the car with him because he ended up there, out there as well. These young apprentices willing to uh, do the miles. Great to see. Yeah, I reckon he would have, Cody. He, he rode at Japan too, as you said, and he went down there. So uh, he's a jockey. He's got a future. Uh, might need a bit of a tongue tie on him, a little bit of restraint, but he rides well. He's going <laughs> to be a good lad. Yeah, and, and Tony, when we're looking at premierships later on the show, I think you'll find Kevin Miller has an outstanding strike rate with his with the premiership table at the moment. He's uh, had few runners, but boy, oh boy, the stable is going so well. Yeah, he's always been that way. Like he'll, you know, recently or a few months ago, bobbed up a Charters Towers one. He'll take them anywhere where they can win. And one of the best attributes of a horse trainer is placing a horse. And Kevin Miller 
certainly has that attribute. Oh, one other thing I thought of too. Marway winning in Sydney the yes. other day. Great was that. The Rockhampton Horse of the Year 2019-20. And it's the first time the owners, the Sturgis family and the Wagners, uh, Sturgis has come from Rocky, Wagners come from Springshaw. First time they got down to the seam race. And boy, didn't they, uh, didn't they celebrate. He's a very underrated horse, Marway. Heavily supported. I think he came in from 12s to about 3s or something, Tony, for that race. Yes, well, that would have been well over the odds at $12, but you're very right. I saw that myself, uh, Rob. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. And they passed him in for $14,000 for the 2017 Capricorn Yearling Sales. Had one more bid, $15,000 would have acquired the horse. I wonder what the underbidder mm. thinks. And uh, he's by their horse Hemingway, who passed away. And this year's sale, they offered another Hemingway. He didn't make reserve, and they're going to race him too. So there you go. What's your next port of call, Tony? Uh, it's a very good question. To be quite truthful, I don't know. My ne- I know my next port of call when I get out of this uh, office is to clean out a few boxes out here. <laughs> and I'd say it's probably Gladstone coming up at some stage, Tony, but I-, I haven't looked ahead to be truthful. But I know Rockhampton have a wonderful meeting on uh, Thursday. They've got eight races. Gee, uh, racing's going very strongly here at Callaghan mm. Park. They're big fields again. And the calibre of jockeys we get up here, it's just fantastic. So people can bet with confidence because they're, they're backing Metropolitan... Uh, Jockey's other thing, um, yesterday I saw Sweet Dolly. She's come back uh, from an operation down at the Gatton University. She's going to be uh, box-bound for six months. Naturally, she'll be out getting exercise, but they believe she'll make a complete recovery from a, a problem uh, near the um, near-side front setlock joint. OK, good report. Thank you for joining us this morning on Bushbeat. Thanks very much for having me, boys. Bye-bye. Tony McMahon checking in with the news out of the uh, Yapoon program from the weekend. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. As heads are turned for home, and the leader is Okanagan Miss on the inside. Over Koo and his Mr. Tickets, incomparable off the inside. Mr. Tickets, though, quickly roomed up on the outside of Koo and Okanagan Miss. Mr. Tickets, Okanagan Miss trying to go with him, but he's too big and he's too strong. And Mr. Tickets comes away to win the picnic cup. Second Koo, third Okanagan Miss, fourth a photo between incomparable and Saha. The Dolby Amateur Picnic Race Club had their Amateurs Cup meeting on Saturday. It was a full tab program, Rob, and Mr. Tickets uh, for Bubba Tilly and Matt Crop taking out the race there. We talk about some of these jockeys racking up some miles, as did the race caller, who not only had to mm. call Dolby for us there on Saturday, but was also out of Cunnamulla on Anzac Day. And Brett's with us. He's back on the road heading home. Welcome along, Brett. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, it's great to see that uh, not only jockeys do the travel, Brett. Great to have you back on. I know that a couple of your favourite meetings, of course, Cunnamulla, and, and I think he was your best bet of the day out of Dolby, wasn't he, Mr. Ticket? So good to see that Country Cups form coming through. He was second in it, and rather salubrious was uh, third, and, and they both come back pretty well. I'm pretty sure you're pleased with the winner, Mr. Tickets, at uh, the Dolby Amateur Cup. Yeah, we made him the best bet on the fact that there would be a lot of speed in the race and there actually wasn't any speed. And I talked to Bubba Tilly afterwards in the connections and uh, he was a little bit worried, but the horse came straight back underneath him and he went straight to sleep. And from that moment on, it was always only ever going to be one winner. Rob Picking, of course, those uh, uh, beautiful and famous, uh, or becoming vastly famous, uh, these uh, pink and purple colours, uh, that uh, the hot pink colours of uh, Rob Picking Constructions. And they've had already great success uh, in uh, splits and scrabble, of course, winning in multiple cups. And now Mr. Tickets they bought recently uh, for with the Birdsville Cup, obviously, and the Roma Cup in mind uh, later this year. So uh, no doubt Matt Crop will uh, keep him ticking over and, and then uh, have him primed for the uh, Cups campaign at the end of the year. 
I know it was a provincial meeting, of course, at uh, Dolby. But what were some of the other key highlights? Uh, as well as Angela, I've got to mention Angela Jones. This young lady just keeps kicking home winners, and she did it again with Queen Lear in the last there. Yeah, well, she was $1.45 in the jockey challenge and got beat, so it was actually a bad day for her. She yeah, got beat on a couple of very short prize favourites, uh, but it's all a learning curve for her when she's under the spotlight, and no doubt she'll return to the country and continue to rack up winners uh, for a little while. It's, it's obviously very hard for these young apprentices, only a few uh, months into their uh, careers, uh, to be under such uh, heavy pressure. And, uh, yeah, she'll she'll learn greatly from that. Uh, but, yeah, she did finish off the day with uh, with a winner. But uh, Tapper, we've got, we can't go without mentioning her. Uh, she's now three from three at the Dolby 800. And uh, I should have known better than going against her in the photo finish, uh, which I did and went for the uh, other horse on the outside, which I swore blind had won. Uh, and we're right on the photo finish, so there's no excuse at all. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was oh, like a millimetre in it, but certainly had I known it was that close, I would have stayed out. But it's ironic because Tapper, I've called it twice, winning back-to-back lightnings at the Dolby 800, and both of them by a nose and a short half head, and both times I went with her, and she didn't let me down, so uh, I uh, should have stuck with her. Uh, but uh, great to see Corey and Kylie Gearing on this uh, new path that they're treading. And, of course, uh, Kylie and uh, husband Gary will be based at Dolby, similar to the Matt Crop arrangement, where they'll uh, stable a lot of the country horses. And they took a couple to Cunnamulla for placings yesterday, uh, and on, on Sunday, I should say. And, uh, of course, um, uh, Corey and, uh, and the partner, Steph Lacey, will be based in, uh, in Toowoomba with the provincial and the metro horses. So uh, that was a good kick-along for them and a big syndicate of uh, owners and also new boy local trainer Grant Arnold, very impressive at only his fourth race start. He beat a, uh, beat a pretty handy provincial field, which included Uncle Frank, and he just beat them pointlessly like he did on his uh, on his uh, Class B win uh, earlier. So he's got untapped potential, and Grant Arnold will manage him, I think, uh, to better races. And again, uh, his uh, daughter and uh, his wife and uh, their work colleagues and all new faces in there, just similar to with Mr Tickets, Rob Picking's got his... Uh, uh, loyal band of owners but also as they go along they're picking up new owners along the way and introducing them to racing so uh, that was certainly a highlight out of uh, the Dolby picnics apart from the crowd of uh, around, uh, over 2,000 people. We always like to acknowledge the uh, multiple wins and well done to Rebecca Goldsbury and Mark Curry with the doubles there at Dolby on Saturday but I guess the highlight for you for the weekend besides heading back to the home country back out to Wyandra Hornet territory as he does uh, every Anzac Day Anna Bacos what a story that was on Anzac day on Sunday. Yeah, uh, four wins to Anna, so I know you guys have been going through the country premiership and she wasn't on the radar uh, uh, last week, but of course she with four winners now. I think she's uh, she's up to uh, 26 winners. Uh, 23, Brett. 23, so she's not, she's uh, another day like that and uh, she'll be right in, the mi- in amongst the mix for the uh, country uh, jockey's uh, title, but she actually started the day off picking up a ride um, on Neil and Jarley for Wayne Baker, a three-year-old filly who blew the start, was in the betting at its only start uh, at uh, Charleville and uh, didn't blow the start with Anna on and bounded away, uh, was uh, on the uh, pace all the way. And uh, I was actually surprised that they offered her for sale, so I'm not sure that Wayne even took her home 
uh, after the race, but she's by Espromosa and the Dam Ruby Trois. We know won uh, seven races in the in Melbourne, including winning over the mile at Mooney Valley. So I thought she had plenty of upside, but um, yeah, they offered us for sale. So I'm not sure whether uh, where she's ended up. But we'll keep an eye on her. So that was a pickup ride for Anna. A couple of uh, uh, late jockey. Uh, scratchings uh, so she was able to pick that up the second one was for um, Shane Iverson and talk uh, briefly about uh, Shane since he's made his uh, comeback he's had 11 runners for five winners and Nick the Skip was uh, a winner he's going to progress through and I suggest I'll aim him for one of the Battle of the Bush races perhaps the Charleville Newmarket although it might come up a little bit soon but of course he's owned by Willie Taylor and uh, his uh, sons Alec and Ben and uh, Willie's back in the Charleville and he's uh, just digressing slightly, uh, a history-making jockey at uh, Cunnamulla in his day as a heavyweight jockey, won a couple of Charleville new markets and most of the country features. But one day, I remember, he rode a horse called Pixie's Tiger. They had no other jockey available, so he rode it 10 kgs over at 66 kgs. And uh, I remember it like yesterday, and, of course, the whole horse bolted in. So he's back as an owner, and he's picked up a pretty handy one in here, Nick the Skip. He's now made it two out of two, and uh, he uh, overcame a wide run and still won by a good space there. Uh, Anna's uh, third win of the day came for Raymond Fraser on Unsure, and no-one can deny her. She's second, third and fourth at her last three runs, so she's been very consistent. She's not a cutest, but the, the cutest minor money went off there for Shane Iverson's Boomfire and also uh, Corey and Kylie Gearan's Agent Albert picking up uh, second and third cutest money in that event. And then uh, her fourth winner came up for Norma King on Ibini. Uh, first Queensland win for this horse, but he's been knocking on the door. He's beaten under three, three and a half lengths uh, last start at Townsville, so that was pretty good form. That was the closest finish of the day. It was again the nose. This time I learnt my lesson and stayed out, and it did go to the outside horse in uh, in Ibini, uh, getting up in the last stride, beating four love. So that was four for her, and so plenty of pressure coming into perhaps joining uh, a select band of jockeys to make it five out of five. And she was on the favourite, my last shadow vision. He just sat outside the leader. She gave it every chance. But uh, a, uh, ironically, one of the old-timers in uh, Ross Tilly was uh, back to his best. Uh, rails-hugging ride, he did that in the first race too, but it didn't pay off for Gary Bignall, but it did on uh, Prototype. The back-to-back wins for Prototype coming from last right up on the rails with a, a classic uh, Ross Tilly of old ride to, uh, to beat her there and she was had to be content with four wins in a second for the day but I'm sure uh, she would be um, she would be very happy with that day. I know she's t- tickled pink her best day at the races but you did mention that a number of jockeys, Martin Haley and of course uh, travelled a long distance and so too Cody Collis uh, Cody's got a bit of history with Cunnamulla and that's the reason he was back because his dad Russ was uh, born and bred in uh, Cunnamulla so he was, uh, he came uh, dad drove him all the way out and back uh, for that day, unfortunately, he didn't uh, come home with a winner, but he's, uh, he's ridden at his uh, heritage town there. And uh, it was great to see so many jockeys. We originally had 14, but there were three late withdrawals. I think that might be the way of the future. A few Sunday meetings for these, uh, for these meetings to uh, ensure that uh, we get the fields of 10 and 12 instead of 5 and 6. It certainly makes a difference. And I know our chief uh, steward in our area, Rion Hitchener, when the... Uh, dates came out for next year has been lobbying very hard for some of the clubs particularly the larger country clubs they certainly can't afford to race with five or six horses and uh, he will continue to work on that and work with the clubs to ensure that and of course it allows the jockeys to uh, 
to pick up uh, two, uh, you know, albeit they have to drive plenty of miles, but uh, they can get uh, plenty of rides for the weekend. Exactly right, bro, uh, Brett. And uh, you had long reach where jockeys like Paul Randall were here and Ross Tilly, they were able to go down to Cunnamulla and Paul was one to comment uh, what a great weekend it was to be the jockey. And, of course, if you were at the Mount Isa jockey, Jason Mabarovich came down and he goes back to Mount Isa on the Monday. It worked out perfectly in the end. Yeah, and I think it's uh, the solution therein lies. I know uh, you mentioned uh, the new market of Charleville. That's coming up as leg of the Battle of the Bush. And, of course, we kick off the Battle of the Bush legs this weekend with the Quilpie new market. Is Charleville your next uh, country circuit you're heading to, Brett? Yeah, that'll be a great day. And, of course, uh, Peter Moody returns and Sam Kekovic. So uh, oh. the hospital auxiliary uh, are putting, uh, putting together a function there. So that'll create plenty of interest as well as uh, some great racing. Sam Kekovic, Brett Moody and Peter Moody all in the one <laughs> town on the one day. Yeah, a, a handy box trifecta. <laughs> and plenty of good one. tales to be told. <laughs> good on you, Brett. Thank you for joining us and safe travels home. Thank you, boys. Good morning, all. Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bushbeat. They straighten up and fully maxed has charged up and gone to the front. Zuko's trying to battle back and along the rails comes Boingo and Chapelko now joining in down the outside but may have left the run a little late as fully maxed. Alicia Ross goes for the whip. Fully Max races clear and Fully Max has got the Diggers Cup for 2021 wrapped up. Zillator, a nice run into second. Boingo third. Chapelko fourth, making up ground Van Winkle. Then we go back to... As we mentioned at the top of the show, many clubs taking advantage of the uh, long weekend to uh, celebrate the Anzac traditions. And that was the case, Rob, with your meeting there at Longreach on the weekend. The Longreach RSL sub-branch Diggers Cup going to Fully Max for Alicia Ross and Todd Austin. Yes, and our uh, new young committee put on a great day here at Longreach and we also had the Red Tail Qantas uh, group join us uh, for the 100 years celebration that were meant to happen last year. So our crowd got over the 400 mark, which was fantastic because they watched a lovely ceremony prior to this race, um, which involved a poem uh, read out for Qantas as well as a, uh, a unique entry of the uh, Diggers' Cup on Ollie the Steer with, of course, John Hawkes, locally famous with Ollie. And what a well-behaved steer he is. He just stands there to attention the whole way through the ceremony, Tony. But interestingly, Fully Maxed is owned by, well, part owned by Gary Peoples and uh, Sean Harris and Peter Anderson. And Willie Chandler, for the first time, was on course to watch his horse win. But they didn't think it could win, so it eased out in the betting. And uh, they might have had some losing bets going on there, I think, uh, Tony. But boy, oh boy, this horse has returned in really good form. He was first up for Todd Austin. Uh, he was ready for the Battle of Bush last year, but he, he got in as an emergency and didn't get the run. And he looked great in the yard, this reward for effort. Six-year-old and Alicia Ross rode a, a, a really good race. Had him just parked behind the pace, uh, basically in third spot, two out, two back. And came around them on the turn, went early in the straight and continued. He just ran away from Zillator, which is an up-and-coming horse. He's run really well lately, and Boingo ever honest. But she was four and a half lengths away from Fully Maxed. Now, look, Fully Maxed, I'm sure, is likely to come back to Longreach for one of those Battle of the Bush heats, uh, which is in two weeks' time. And uh, good luck to the connections there. Uh, he is a very good sprinter, and he loves the track, and he loves the distance. 
Emma Bell had a double on the day and Alicia Ross had a double on the day. And that's significant because Emma's leading the Longreach Jockey Premiership, which is a calendar year premiership. And Alicia's leading the, uh, I must mention, the Barker's News Agency, Central West um, Jockeys Premiership, which is also a calendar year premiership. So uh, they're running first and second in that one with Alicia on top. So Alicia was able to maintain that lead. But Emma bookended the program firstly with Jarhead carrying 65 kilos for Rodney Little. And this was the first of the double for Rod. He also bookended the program. This five-year-old by Warhead, two wins, two placings, its last four. Very, very consistent. Lumped the big weight, and I see it's nominated for the Tree of Knowledge Cup at Bar Calden on Saturday. Granola stayed into second, our say into third. And we'll jump to that last race. Better than gold, Rod Little and Emma Bell. Great front-running ride, Emma, here, because uh, Coupe de Ville with Paul Randall and Emma on better than gold. They went neck and neck from the outset, and by over a 1,000 metres coming to the 600, they were four lengths in front of the rest of the field. And they maintained the pressure. Uh, better than gold, getting the better of Coupe de Ville in the straight and just running away at the end by 1.25 with Oliphant's uh, a good run into uh, third place. But Alicia also had the double and it came on same old story for Clinton Austin, the real saga mare back into form. And uh, she parked it behind the leaders, used the inside barrier to advantage, snuck up on the rails as they straightened, kicked clear and then held off. A game hot chocolate and uh, cheeky chops into third place. And uh, Richard Simpson, as he often does, gets a new horse, produces it first up, and it wins. Ruelas for Marty Gray on board, the dissident three-year-old. Too strong for Giovanni, which I think can win a race down the track, and Von's heroine into third. And the time was pretty similar to the benchmark 45, even though it was only a four-horse maiden field. But it was a really lovely day and uh, great ceremonial aspects to it for Anzac Day. And uh, look, fully maxed, he adds that extra dimension that you get with the Battle of the Bush coming up uh, because he is a quality sprinter. And I mentioned those nominations coming out for Bar Calden, which is a Sky Channel tap meeting this Saturday. And Tony, very exciting to see both Sicilating and Balenti are also nominated for the Tree of Knowledge Cup. So if they both accept with the other quality runners, this could be a great race on the country circuit. Yeah, at this stage of seven, I think they did extend noms uh, until a little earlier this morning. I haven't seen if that's been updated as yet, but as you say, uh, Balenti in there with Sizzulating, Van Winkle, Mashani Astana, Jarhead, Ferry Me Home and Argento Perlo for the uh, the Tree of Knowledge Outback Racing Showcase Heat. Uh, it's going to be a, a cracking race there and great to have Bar Calden as part of the uh, Radio Tab Sky and Tab coverage this coming weekend. And you mentioned Argento Perlo and Mark Oates, the trainer of that. He returned to the saddle at the Tower Hills picnic races, which were transferred to Saturday, Sunday. And you, how about this for a comeback after, what was it, 10 years? Rady's first ride on the day, the first race of the day on the Saturday. He boots home a winner. On the second day, he boots home the cup winner on Arigold. So good on you, Mark Oates. You made the trip up there. And the other feature that came out of the uh, the weekend, without the full results being available, I did hear that Cragley Altice, which had been undefeated through the, uh, the picnic circuit a couple of years back, returned to the track and again remained undefeated with wins on both the Saturday and the Sunday. But as with all those picnic meetings, uh, look, they have a great time up there. They had a good turnout. Good number of jockeys and representation across the board and, and evenly shared winners across the board between trainers and um, and jockeys. And uh, it was great to see this Aragol get up with Mark Oates on board and young Philip Dean train that winner. So they move on now to the Oakley picnics or Carinha. And I think that's coming up 
is it this weekend, Tony, or maybe the weekend after? Might but be the it's week pretty after. soon, uh, from my knowledge. Yeah, it might be the week after. I know Gregory Downs is on this coming weekend. That's always going to be a, a great weekend and one of those ones that uh, I think people put on their bucket list. And yes, the Oakley Amateur Picnic Race Club uh, have their double header coming up on. Uh, uh, is it a doubleheader this year? Yes, it is. It's, yeah, Friday, uh, Saturday. Yeah, going to run on the, the Friday of the 7th and Saturday of the 8th of May. So, yeah, another week away to the Oakley picnics. Yes, and that also, yes, of course it's on that weekend. We, we always race in Longreach when those uh, meetings are on. So, And it's great to see these horses get their extra extra day in the sun at the races. Talking of our area again in the northwest, Mount Isa, Rick McMahon continues to uh, boot home the winners, boot at home a double. Firstly for George Tipping, there's a horse, Warren Bungle, quite interested in this galloper, four runs for the stable for two wins and two seconds, in really good form. Odds on favourite, defeated Myola Millie and Hologram in the benchmark 60. Uh, Rick's other winner came for Robert Burrow on Dixie Rouge. Uh, Bob Burrow trained Dix- Dixie Prospect. Now, we reported on this one uh, winning its last start. It won at Mount Isa at its last run. Two from two uh, for the stable. Second up for that win, and it defeated Come Alive and Silent Us, Asolentus, which has also come off good winning form. Timmy Brummel kicked home for Tanya Parry, of course, leading the trainer's premiership in the country. Wicked Wiki. This horse has had 29 starts at Mount Isa for 13 wins and uh, 10 minor placings. And bought up win number 17 for the career in defeating an informed Mr. Tyndall and missed out into third place. Justin Borden and Jason Babarovich. Now, Jason, one of those jockeys, came to Longreach on the Saturday, was riding back at Mount Isa on the Monday, arcing hard, the all-too-hard. And that's um, two wins out of three at the truck over Danks Haven and Scarpa into third. And a very consistent McKellar's voice, also a two wins in two seconds in its last five in its career, the Poet's Voice Mayor. At its fourth win out of 21 starts for Stephen Royce and Jason Hoopert. And Jason also one of those jockeys that came down to Longreach on Saturday. So great to see them having the attitude of uh, have saddle will travel. McCullough's voice defeating Static Lift and Flossie Top. Uh, a young lady who we report on regularly uh, getting winners and that's Hannah Phillips. And she had a double at Wandai. She commenced proceedings with the first two races. Firstly with Turbo Teddy. Uh, Stephen Thomas, it's a family pet basically. This horse, he's a 10-year-old. It's his first win since April 2019, almost two years to the date. But he loves his racing, and it was start number 102 after coming off a second at Toowoomba at his last run, and he got up over Sweet Venom and uh, Seriano. Some of these horses just love to continue to race, and Turbo Teddy, Stephen Thomas doing a great job with this horse. Hannah then kicked home for Janine Armstrong, Oakfield Comanche. That's one that's only two runs for the stable, and it's two from two at the track getting up over Duretti and Mossmade, both of the runner-ups taking cutest money. And then Lindsay Anderson and Paul Hamlin with Kentford. Uh, two wins in three seconds. It's last five. Some of these horses in really consistent form and a good winner at the track. He's two from three, the master of design, five-year-old Kentford over Boom Chuckalugga and Stella Way. And we mentioned Kevin Miller before with Gladstone. Well, he produced absolute bonza with Montana Philpot getting up in the Wandai Diggers Club Cup Open Handicap over the 1,000 metres, defeating Mountain Courage and 8 over. That's a strong little field there uh, because 8 over was also a runner in the country stampede last year. So absolute bonza going really well, this Bonhoeffer. First up uh, since the Country Cup stampede when it was unplaced in that race. And then Neville O'Toole and Liam McCoy combined with a good chance. I love Conquers All, having its second run for the stable, defeating Side Curve and Informer. And wrapping up the program there, Isabella Tay, the young apprentice, had a win on a Daunting Warrior for Shane Parsons, which had 
uh, previous form at the Provincials. This galloper by Daunting Lad having its first run for the stable. Defeated nons on favourite in a fend-off. An elusive element for Kim Afford into third. But Hannah Phillips double on the day at uh, Wandai. And the uh, Wandai Digger Club Digger Club Cup open handicap going to Absolute Bonzar. I mentioned before, Rob, when we were talking with Brett Moody about the Dolby program on Saturday, we always like to acknowledge the uh, the multiple wins where we can because we know it's hard enough to win one race, let alone try and back it up with more wins on the day. So even though they were tap meetings... Uh, again, well done, Rebecca Goldsbury and Mark Curry with the doubles there at Dolby on Saturday at the Dolby Picnics. Boat Desert raced at Aquas Park. Boat Desert on Sunday for Anzac Day. Travis Wolfe, Graham and Mark Duplessis with riding doubles. Gatton had the uh, tab program for the Lockyer Valley Race Club on Friday. Lindsay Hatch with a training double and Andrew Mallion with a riding double. And go back to Mackay last Tuesday. Trinity Bannon with a double-double, as we like to call it. Uh, trained and ridden by Ms T. Bannon. Uh, and uh, Cody Collis also with a riding double there at the Mackay program last week. And just before we have a look at the schedule of what's coming up this week, touching on the uh, calendar, or rather, and we will touch on the calendar, touching on the Jockey Premiership, we were chatting with Brett before about Anna Bakos with that quartet of wins at Cunnamulla on Anzac Day. Well, that takes Anna up into a share of fifth placing at the moment on the uh, Queensland Country Jockey Premiership. Alicia Ross out in front on 27, one ahead of Angela Jones, 26. Dan McGilvery and Hannah Richardson share third place on 25 wins apiece. And then Dan Ballard and now Anna Bakos sharing fifth place on 23. And just outside the top five on 20 apiece, Emily Cass and Bonnie Thompson. You mentioned, Rob, that uh, Tanya Parry leads the uh, trainer's tally at the moment. And yes, that's the case. The Queensland Country Trainer Premiership. Tanya with 31 and a half. Billy Johnson, 26. Todd Austin, 22. David Rewald on 19. John Manselman on 18. And just outside of the top five on 16 apiece are Craig Smith and Charlie DeVillam. And some of those strike rates, if you can see Kevin Miller there, Tony, I think he's got a fantastic strike rate at the moment in that premiership. He has. He would be probably sitting on about equal seventh or something like that with 15 wins out of 38 starts and a strike rate of 39.5%. And that's similar with Angela Jones with her strike rate as a, as a jockey. Jeez, it's, it's really heating up these premierships, which is great to see as we come into these winter months and the racing gets even stronger. And, uh, of course, one of those meetings coming up uh, next weekend is the uh, Quilpie race meeting and Paul Dolan's back with us this morning because I know Paul this is one of your favourite meetings to go to but firstly for our listeners just explain exactly where Quilpie actually is on the calendar Yeah good day guys, good morning everyone well Quilpie's uh, let's say simply in far western Queensland um, 980 kilometres west of Brisbane uh, it's 280 kilometres west of Charleville if you keep going, it's 530 k's up the road to Birdsville. And Rob, the uh, the centre of the universe, uh, actually Lyle Murray calls Eidsville the centre of the universe, but uh, I reckon it's Longreach. It's 420 k's back to your territory at Longreach. So it's in the middle of nowhere, basically. But it's in the middle of nowhere. But I've often heard you comment on the fact that every time you've been there, and particularly since they've had a new calling box, you've been ultra-impressed with their amenities at, at Quilby. Well, I've only actually been there once, Rob, was uh, three years ago, called the meeting there. And, uh, yeah, I'd been told that the amenities were, uh, were were quite flash. The council had spent a fortune doing up the uh, the, the uh, area um, for, you know, you can have it functions, birthdays, weddings, all that sort of thing, on the once-a-year race meeting. But, yeah, the broadcast box... You know, when you go to most country tracks, you're climbing up ladders, you might be stuck out on a balcony or sharing the... Uh, rubbing shoulders with the judge, but it's a it's a very well-appointed uh, uh, separate judge's box with nice stairs to walk up into, carpet on the floor, the whole works, a nice shelf. Uh, do a TAB club proud. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, 
one time you've called there three years ago, but that's uh, due to no fault of yours because there were a few circumstances with Quilpie in recent years. Yeah, well, Quilpie is in the uh, the Bulu River runs through Quilpie and uh, heads down to the, what they call the, uh, the through Channel Country down in. Eventually, all the water goes down into Lake Eyre. Well, uh, so the last meeting I called there, the last one they had there was 2018. In 2019, there was a a bucket load of rain up in North Queensland, and they knew it was going to um, going to going to be down uh, going through Quilpie in, in three weeks' time. They can plan for these things. Was it a flood that would would wipe out the town? But um, just being red dirt. Uh, you know, a small amount of water, depth-wise, can, uh, can can cause problems. So they knew in advance. So uh, that one, two years ago, they, they transferred it to Charleville, which I went out and called, and it was streamed live back to Quilby. Uh, and then last year they didn't race because of the COVID. So um, it's their first meeting at Quilby uh, for three years. And given that, you know, you experience it, I'm sure, Rob, once a year people come in from the stations and all that sort of thing, as in cattle, sheep stations and uh, farms, etc. and it's an annual day out, well... It's three years since they've got together in Quilpie, so it'll be one hell of a day. Yeah, and I know nominations have closed off now, Paul, but you'd expect Billy Johnson to be heading that way after winning the past two. Yeah, he's won the past two cups. cups. In fact, uh, yeah, he um, won the one uh, in 2018 that I called. um, Murphy's Hustler was the name of the horse, ridden by Dakota Graham. And then in 2019, he won the the one that was run at um, at Charleville. Coincidence, you just mentioned how well Anna Bacos is going. She won that one two years ago. It was her first day of riding, actually, and she rode a double. So uh, we might see Anna back at Quilby, I guess, on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, Bevan Johnson, when the noms come in shortly, I would imagine he'd have uh, he'd have a few runners there. Yeah, and what I like about these country cups, eh, it's like uh, at Augathella, they call it the Meat Ant Cup. And none of these country cups get special names and, and particularly get sponsorship for them and... Quilpie sponsorship seems to be coming from wide and wide for this specifically named race that they have at Quilpie. Well, it's it's over a mile, and um, they call it the Mulga Mile because Mulga is the most common type of tree out in that area. So the Quilpie Cup, also known as the Mulga Mile, it's a benchmark 60 race, $10,000. The club actually adds, with the help of those sponsors, uh, $5,300 to what they get from Racing Queensland for the prize money. So they're able to value add, as it's called, 5300 for the day. So the Cup's worth ten grand, and the new market, uh, the Sprint, is also worth 10000 And you mentioned the new market there, Dogsy. It's uh, also the first leg of the uh, 2021 Tab Battle of the Bush series. We start at Quilby this weekend before heading off to Burren Down, Gordon Vale, Longreach and Mount Isa on the 8th of May, Charters Towers on May 9. Subsequent legs will take us to Charleville, uh, Jandawi, Burdekin Race Club, Emerald, Cloncurry, Gundawindi, Mariba, Gainder and Barcaldon and Thangool before we wrap up with the final on Tat State Eagle Farm on June 26. Yeah, I would think any trainer with a runner in this uh, Quilpie New Market on Saturday, Tony, will be sort of pinching himself or herself thinking, gee, if I can win this at this $10,000 New Market at Quilpie... I'm into the $200,000 final at Eagle Farm. As yeah. I say, the, the country trainers, and they'll get obviously multiple chances at those other venues you just mentioned. But, uh, you know, for, for the for the bush trainer, we use that term nicely, uh, just must be, um, you know, so exciting. And it's jumped from 100000 to 200000 this year, but the New State Builders um, Cup, the feature there with that other race. But, Paul, are you getting there Friday night? Because cups in the country tend to be preceded by Calcutta's and they attract a fair degree of money. Are you there on the Friday night? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't compare the Calcutta as such, but um, 
Uh, it's interesting. You know, I'm a city slicker. lived lived in, in or near Brisbane all my life, and uh, going out to places like Quilpie is just uh, turned into like a like a bit of a holiday. Two days to get out there, two days there, and two days to come home. The point being that the Calcutta three years ago was held in the local bowls club, which is a very nice club, nicely appointed. But they can't have it this year because they haven't got a cook or a chef. Uh, us city slickers, so does we, don't realise that you know. Little hurdles, country towns have. You can't find a cook or a chef. So anyway, they're having it at the at the Brick Hotel in town, where they've got catering available. But uh, the poor old bowls club. If anyone anyone wants a job, if you're a cook or a chef, <laughs> go to the Quilty Bowls Club. They're, they're desperate. They're in short supply in country towns, trust me. But as well, the president's going to shout the drinks from everyone from 11:30 to 12. And as with all country race meetings, Paul, fashions in the field, plenty of prize money on offer. Yeah, about seven thousand in. Uh, prizes for the fashions. I think they still do the uh, the opal um, jewellery um, necklace type thing for the for the ladies. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually for the for the best hat. Yeah, New State Builders, who are actually based based in Dolby, are the new sponsors of the cup. They um, they build various sorts of things from waste transfer stations to they're currently building a new 34 unit motel in Dolby. But yeah, they're they're, they're sponsors. Sam Bartlett is the is the president there and um, casts a wide net through business and is able to. Uh, able to um, attract sponsors and um, just makes it all happen, as you know, Rob. Well, great preview for Quilpie coming up uh, this Saturday for the Quilpie Cup, the Battle of the Bush Qualifier race meeting. And given that it's a four-day holiday for you, I'm sure we're going to find you somewhere on the road on the way back, Paul, to give us uh, the review of the Quilpie meeting after next Saturday. Yeah, be happy to do that, and I'm sure there'll be plenty to report. Safe travels out, safe travels home. Thanks, Paul. Tata, mate. Rob, just before we do wind things up, uh, another of the uh, far-distant-flung meetings this weekend, as I touched on before, Gregory Downs Jockey Club have their Berkshire Cup program coming up this weekend. Gregory Downs, for those that don't know, is 300k as the crow flies north of Mount Isa and about 1,000 k's off the coast, whichever road you take from Townsville or Cairns. So it's a long way in and up near the top of the Cape. That, that really is one of the far-flung tracks. But along with Gregory Downs, Thangula racing this weekend, along with Quilpie, the Mount Garner Amateur Turf Club two-day carnival Friday and Saturday. And Friday will feature the next leg of the uh, Far North Queensland Rob Kosh Memorial up-and-coming Stayers series. And uh, Bow, Desert, Bow Desert Hibernian Race Club also races coming Saturday with a tab program, as do the Bar Calden Race Club with their Tree of Knowledge meeting. Uh, other tab meetings through the week today at Townsville, Thursday, Rockhampton, Friday, Mackay. Looking forward to some great country racing. I know the North West, they'll trek to Gregory Downs for that meeting. They really support their races up up there. We even have people from Longreach manage to go up there. And congratulations to Ann Weber and your parents uh, for the win uh, down there at the Provincials on uh, Saturday. But uh, we'll be back on um, Tuesday next week, Tony. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au for any stories about country racing. And it was canapes at one for Anne. I just couldn't think for a moment there for her dad. Uh, congratulations to the team getting that win on Saturday. And we'll be back next week, Tony, as we love to do every week on Bushbeat. Report on country racing. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, everyone. Thanks to Rob Luck, Paul Dolan, Brett Moody and Tony McMahon for joining us on the show this week. Good luck to all of the clubs racing this weekend. We wish you uh, an excellent day's racing and safe racing with it. And we'll catch you next week to report on all of the news here on Bushbeat on Radio Tab.